0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: This is a story about a family. This is a story about students. This is a story about alumni. This is a story about all the guys that played here. But this is about a championship. Make no mistake about it. This is about a very selfless team. You get it in your mind to work. We're...
2: This is the sixth and final episode of our series, remembering and telling the story of the 2010 Auburn Tigers. The Auburn Tigers had done it. The 2010 Auburn Tigers were SEC champions, and while many were eager to look ahead to the national championship game that was set to be a showdown of offensive powers, our next stop is at New York City. Auburn was ready to get its third Heisman winner in program history. That was a Heisman run if
3: I've ever seen one. Holy cow, that should not be illegal. A guy can throw like that and run and be 6'6", 250. 200 yards a game rushing the last three weeks in the SEC. Throws two completions early, then all of a sudden he catches a touchdown pass.
2: Does that?
0: That's not right. Heisman Trophy? That's not right.
2: (laughs) It was right, and it did. Without further ado, the
1: winner of this year's Heisman Trophy is, and the envelope, the winner is Cam Newton
3: of Auburn University.
4: Pinching myself because you know I feel like I'm in my, I'm in a dream right now. Um, you know I can't even stress the fact enough that you know God is bl- is blessing me, uh, and He's brought me a long way, a long way. Um, I, I like. I already said your name, Coach Chizik. Thank you, man. I mean, honestly, uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me a chance. Thank you for everything that you've done. Coach Chizik, Coach Malzahn, Coach Loop, and Coach Troop. Uh, thank you, the Auburn family. Uh, thank you for all the support that you've given me during these trying times. War Eagle. You have to love it. With the controversy
2: behind him, Auburn's Cam Newton had edged out Oregon's LaMichael James to win the Heisman Trophy, much to Oregon's dismay. Here's Jordan Long. He's the host of Locked on Ducks.
4: At this point, Oregon was really known for screens and speed, but those are some talented running backs. And LaMichael James certainly is in that conversation of greatest running backs in Oregon history. And I, I mean, Cam Newton made his case in the championship game. So I'm, I'm not going to get too in the weeds on this, but we definitely thought the James deserved the, the Heisman that year for sure.
2: The two would face off in the national championship just a few weeks later and the weeks and days leading up to the game, the conversation swirled around two elite offenses led by two mobile quarterbacks.
4: Well, one thing that was uh, definitely on our minds is the fact that we have two really mobile quarterbacks here with Darren Thomas and Cam Newton and I might get some heat for this, but I feel like Darren Thomas thinks he's Cam Newton, but he's in Matt Ryan's body, right? And I think that really came out in this game where Darren Thomas keeps trying to not not just make plays. It's not about making plays. It's about these running plays and these option plays where you're trying to convince the defense that it could be run. Now, Cam Newton certainly didn't play his best game, but I think you have two dynamic running quarterbacks going against each other and we definitely saw it as you know this this testament to the way the game had evolved and i think auburn and oregon had two very similar offenses built around quarterbacks who could you know run the ball and make things happen with their feet
2: the feeling was surreal for auburn so many tiger fans weren't going to miss the opportunity Auburn Mayor Ron Anders described how Auburn fans felt after so many years of being so close to an opportunity in the national championship.
5: Well, it was surreal. It was surreal. I mean, my daddy started taking me to Auburn games when I was four or five years old. And this is the first time that that had ever ever happened, Zach. And Auburn had had great teams. Um, Auburn had been undefeated. Auburn had been ranked at one, number one during the season for a little bit, but never had Auburn gone into a bowl game in my lifetime where they were playing for a national championship. Now, we can go back to 1984 Sugar Bowl and talk about that scenario, but you know Auburn was ranked number three going into those games. But this game, Auburn was ranked either one or two, depending on who you looked at. And we're going to Phoenix for a primetime, stand-alone, Monday night national championship game against the Nike University. You know, the Ducks, who are, who are known for uniforms and helmets, and swag, and um, it was just incredible, and I'll never forget just the desire of Auburn people to go to the game. The, the, the economy and the world were coming out of really a recession uh, where economically it had been a tough couple of years in the United States, but that didn't stop Auburn people who were having to make a major investment in travel, and I remember the story being StubHub was shut down because there was such a demand for tickets, and when you got out there, you weren't surprised because Oregon brought a good crowd too, but man, the Auburn people that were there was just phenomenal. It was just phenomenal to see how many Auburn people had chosen to you to spend that kind of money, to take that kind of time away from work and everything else they're doing, to be in Phoenix to that ball game. And it was, uh, you know, for some of us, for me, it was really a dream come true. Voice
2: of the Auburn Tigers' Andy Burcham echoed the fact that Auburn missed having a chance several times in the history of their program.
6: You know, disappointment in 83. Never got the chance in 93. Never got the chance in, in well, they, they, 04. It had finally happened for, for that program.
2: Jason Caldwell, with Auburn undercover and inside the Auburn Tigers, had a hard time believing, like most of the folks that were close to the program.
7: Having grown up. Following Auburn my entire life and following the program, it's, it's kind of hard belief. You go like, man, this is this is reality. Going to cover a national championship game, and I think going, like most people, I thought going into this, going, uh, I, you know, after what this team has gone through, I don't see anybody beating them. Oregon wound up playing exceptionally well. Football Cam got a little banged up and it had an impact on the game, but uh, I didn't think this team was was. They were going to find a way to win, and that's what they did. He also
2: detailed why Auburn's defense was able to match the Ducks' quick tempo on offense.
7: Leading up to it, your thought was how um, the defense was going to respond. and To me, that was really the first time that I saw a bowl game where the benefit of all the time off, how much it it played into the hands of a defense. Because the one thing I'll always remember about that game was the defense and the job that Ted Roof and his staff did and how they did it. Um, you know, Oregon with Chip Kelly, they, they had more tempo than anybody in the country probably at that time. And Auburn would have two scout team offenses ready. They would run a play, and then the next scout team offense would run on the field and run a play. And then the other team, they were in 15 seconds between plays. They weren't running a play, going back to the huddle and running another play. They had two different offenses, so they were trying to line up as fast as they could, get used. So their preparation the entire time was to handle the speed and the tempo.
2: This is Remembering and Telling the Story of the 2010 Auburn Tigers right here on Locked on Auburn. Mike, before we continue on with this episode of of Locked on Auburn, we hope you're enjoying Remembering and Telling the Story of the 2010 Auburn Tigers. You know what I love? I love that 2010 Auburn team, but I Mm -hmm. also love the friendly and great service you get at Fetch Me Home Delivery.
8: I don't think that we talk about Fetch Me enough, to be honest. Uh, sure. We only talk about them probably once a show, and I feel like that maybe we should just be the Locked on Fetch Me podcast.
2: Um, that's fine. I mean, most of the time it is Locked on Auburn presented by Fetch Me, so I think that's exciting. They're kind of the Cam Newton, right? The Cam Newton of the home delivery services. They're all Auburn because <clears throat> people think the other local, uh, quote-unquote, local delivery in mm-hmm. Auburn, um, it's not even ran for people in town. Yeah. like They are literally the only delivery service that is run from a company, even in the state, let alone in the city. So um, really support local during this time. Mm-hmm. And Fetch Me allows you to do that, one, because they are local, truly local, Auburn people, Auburn alum. And also, on the other side of it, the people that you're ordering to get to benefit from it as well. So, uh, yeah, restaurants are still opening up. The economy is getting a little bit better. But if you want to still practice social distancing from the convenience of your home or uh, wherever you are, they probably deliver there in the Auburn Opelika community. So check out fetch me, uh, their free app or FetchMeDelivery.com. delivery.com. This lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef. Now that the novelty
9: of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home, but I'll be honest. I haven't been consistent. That is until I found home chef, home chef provides fresh ingredients, Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: You know, I want this to be a great. I want this to be not a good. I want this to be a great night in your life. But you know what? I don't want it to be the greatest night of your life. There's too many other important things out there when you really put this thing into perspective that ought to be bigger for you. However, tonight in your athletic career, I do want this to be the greatest night that you've ever had. You're going to play this game for everybody that's in this room that you may never even see again. And you're going to be talking physical on the sideline. And you're gonna be talking fast on the sideline. I wanna see fast, and I wanna see physical, and I wanna see an SEC way of life that you gotta live every day. And I promise you, through the night, you're gonna be able to call yourself the champion. There's only be one.
2: And the champ, as Troop would say, will be here. The day had arrived, Gene Chiswick had his team ready. Let's get locked in, let's go take this. Side. One, two, three, ready. ready. When we go to that tunnel
1: now. It's going to be on. It's going to be on. It's going to be on, and it's going to be insane. Stay within yourself. Stay with yourself. Stay locked in. Hey, between those lines, guys, it don't change, man. It's 200 years old. It's 200 years old between those lines, right? Let's lock in. Let's focus. We're fixing to go take this thing. Remember what I said. Nobody. Nobody. I'll take you a hundred out of a hundred times. Nobody will deny these, this team, who has been. And will be challenged, but you've been challenged for 37 days now. So let me tell you something. Hey, let's lock in, let's go have fun. This one you're going to remember forever. You're going to remember this sucker forever, What'd
3: you come in the list?
2: After a scoreless first quarter in Glendale, Arizona, the Ducks landed a field goal for a three point lead. Auburn's first touchdown score in the national championship was similar to their first touchdown of the season. It came from a leader and their old quarterback, Cody Burns.
7: You got a chance to get the touch. Had to make a guy miss, and uh, you know, I still have a photo of him kind of jumping up you with know, one leg up almost like a hurdler um, going into the end zone. And So, uh, yeah, that's one that um, I don't think uh, he nor
0: many others will, will forget for a long time. They're at the Oregon 35-yard line, trailing by a field goal.
3: McCaleb in the backfield. Hump fake by Ken. Finds Newton. or rather burns wide open. 20, 15, 10, 5. on the puck fake from Newton. 35 yards and a tighter score. Complete.
0: Touchdown, Auburn. Cody Burns. Recruited as a quarterback, converted to a wide receiver and the evening's first touchdown is Burns from Newton, 35 yards. That
3: was an awesome play call, and what happened was Josh Cadu is who Gus Malzon saw coming on the blitz on the outside. He took the snap, fake-pumped it to Blake, and hit Cody Burns on a perfect play call because the linebacker tipped it off on the blitz. Fantastic play call for the touchdown. What a terrific call. That was set up because Auburn got out there and did the fake snap. And Kadu baited a little bit too quick from the outside. That shifted the blocking, and he hit Cody Burns, Cameron Newton, a perfect throw to Cody Burns. One you catch it and run with. Cody Burns makes the safety miss, and Auburn gets on the scoreboard and takes the lead. To
5: see Cody Burns, everything he went through as a big time quarterback to part time receiver to score the first touchdown in the game uh, in that setting was really cool. It was just really special and fun.
2: Oregon would score next and convert a two-point conversion to go up 11-7. to Then that fun Auburn opportunistic defense did what it had done all year, stepped up when it was needed most. Now Thomas will line up under center with oh, That's James in the
0: backfield. Now watch out for 90 here.
3: A turn give it to him, and he's dropped! Is he in the end zone? Yes! That's a Reaches safety! Reaches
0: out of the end zone. Safety is a signal Round. by the line judge. The line judge coming down signaled safety.
3: Well, Michael tried to extend out. What a momentum change right there. Now, James, he reached it out at the last moment, but the line judge must have seen his knee go down before that happened. And yes, wow. Well, this
6: defense was in attack mode this time for Auburn.
0: Blanc, Mike Blanc from Pompano Beach, Florida is making the stop for Auburn.
3: The key here is the entire football has to be across the line. Yeah, you've got to get the whole ball out. That's the key here. It was Mike Blanc getting in there and dropping LaMichael James. He reached out, and whether or not he got the ball out, I don't think there's much question because you got to get the whole ball out, and part of it was on the line as he was going to the ground. And Auburn battered about their defense a lot during the season. They come in the number 11 in the nation
2: in rush defense, only allowing 111 yards a game. A big play right there. Less than two minutes later, the Auburn offense got them a lead going into the half. Another pass from Cam Newton.
3: Under two minutes to go. Blake in motion right to left. Cam to throw feeling pressure eludes the man wide open he's got it Blake walks in touchdown Auburn
0: steps up gentleman wide open Blake touchdown Auburn
3: 30 yards and Auburn regains the lead 15 to 11 with a minute 47 to go in the half that's all Right there on Cameron Newton, because he was getting all kinds of pressure by the defensive line. And Cam Newton, with his 250-pound frame,
2: just sidestepped a defender and floated it up on the wheel route. Perfectly thrown to Emory Blake, and Auburn takes the lead. In the first drive of the second half, Auburn secured three more points to bring the score to 19-11. to The defense would again step up this time on 4th and goal. 4th and goal from the 1. Thomas hands it off.
3: Is he in? No! Auburn stopped him! Wow! Wow. Auburn stopped him on the right side. Both teams now have failed on 4th down and goal from the 1. Holy cow! Varner couldn't get in. It was McNeil, Washington, fairly. No way, no how, not in the end zone. What a defensive stand right there. First and goal on the three. And
2: they stop them four straight downs. Oregon would score to tie the game with two minutes and 33 seconds left. Auburn's 2010 season had a few more highlights, including one of the most iconic plays... An Auburn football history. 209 to go.
3: Inside high- handoff to Dyer. Spun around at the 45.
0: Dyer, the freshman, is wrestled down at the 46-yard line. Pleasant, and he he's gets up. back up. Dyer gets back up. And he's still on his feet. He's still on his feet. 40! 35-30! 25! Was he not on the ground? Did he stay on top of Pleasant? The Ducks are saying, wait a minute, he was down. They never whistled
3: it dead. He never went down. He just kept going. You've got to be kidding me. But everybody is moving up there. Brent, I think he would have stopped running if it weren't for his own sideline. His entire sideline told him to keep going. Boy, and I could see Gene Chizik and Gus Malzahn on the sideline saying, keep going, keep going. He just got spun around and credit the referees for not blowing the whistle. He landed on a defender and actually stepped himself up. And he thought he was down. That was a good no call. All the way down to the 23. And it's gonna based off the replay that I saw, he is up. He he was all on a player. His, His elbow never went down. He just spun. They're going to review it.
0: And we will review it because I'll tell you, from that look, I did not see a knee down on the ground. Now, I know it's a first look, but take a closer look here, Herbie.
6: He comes down on top.
0: The right knee is the question.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and again, because he was close to his own sideline, I think they encouraged him to keep running and not give up on the play. He was ready to stop right there. And then I think he heard people yelling, go, go, go. Officials never blew it dead on the field.
0: The question is going to be, was the right leg down as Pleasant wrestled him to the ground? That will be the issue here. So, Herbie, the the question is, was the entire... Body on top of the defender. He is
3: not. That's on the replay. That he is not. Well, he looks like he's on top of the defender
6: to me. I'm the review
3: the ruling on the field stand. Yes, yes, yes. A minute fifty-six to go, and Auburn has it at the twenty-three yard line.
0: A thirty-seven yard run in slow motion. I was
5: sitting in the upper deck, but it was clear to me he didn't go down. And all of us around were screaming. Of course, my boys were playing sports in those times, both of them playing football, and they were going, he's not down, he's not down. And it was incredible. I mean, what a way to, what a memory to have your, your the primary play of your national championship game be something to happen like that. And clearly, history has shown, and replay has shown that he wasn't down. And uh, if he'd reacted a little faster, he might have scored on that play, but he kind of didn't know what to do for a second.
2: Here's Mike Svetitz, the sports editor of the OA News during the 2010 season. You know, I will standing on the
10: sideline and you know, we were blocked. The view was blocked, and we had gone down by that time, late in the game. And you know, was he down? Wasn't he down? And you know, so I remember watching him run right past me, going like, "Wait, I thought he was down." It was. And then, if I think about it, it's almost like the kick six, you know, in 2013, where Chris Davis runs right past you, and you're like, "Is this real? Did he? Was he? What- what's going on?" So was- that was a crazy play and couple plays, obviously,
7: because that's you're on the field in the moment, you're not really sure what's going on, but as soon as you see get up and keep running and then automatically your mind goes he wasn't down he wasn't down and then my my thought being on the field was got to get in position and so I had to I was on the other sideline I had to go and run behind the end zone to the other side of the field to get in what position that I knew was me for a field goal um, and so I had to be in a position to where I could see from a side view of west fire kicking the ball because I knew his reaction would be towards his own bench. So I had to, you know, my thing was, oh wow, this is going to happen now. So I had to get in position on the other side. So it was, uh, for me it was confusion and kind of hysteria to try to get in position to to what I knew was going to be a, a, a game-winning field goal try.
2: It looked like Auburn scored a few plays later, but after review, Auburn was going to need Wes Byron to make one more kick.
0: So now... This is for all the Tostitos.
3: This will be a 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper, he'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap in the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. Oh, my goodness goodness. And now, here in the desert, Auburn's journey is complete. 53 years of waiting, of hoping, of dreaming, of coming so close. It's all over. The Auburn Tigers are on top of the college football world, and the view from up here is sheer perfection. Auburn, 22. Oregon 19, the Tigers are BCS national champions. The 1983 team, thank you for the memories. 93, my fellowship friends and seniors, thank you for the memories. 2004, Jason Campbell, Cadillac, thank you for the memories. The 2010 BCS national champions, thank you
6: for our memory. Auburn wins the BCS National Championship. I had gone down to the playing surface a little bit earlier than I should have, uh, but got onto the Auburn sideline. And I was standing on one of the Auburn benches um, watching that because I knew that if he made that field goal, then, and I I had taken over Quentin Riggins' microphone and his headset because if, if he makes that field goal, then I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm running onto the field and trying to find as many Auburn players and coaches as I can for our post-game interview. So I'm ready to do what I needed to do, but I was on the Auburn sideline, um, probably about I don't know 35 yard line. Auburn's 35 yard line, uh, or rather, Oregon's 35 yard line, watching uh, watching Byron line up that field goal, and as soon as he made it, then you know. Boy, at that point, I'm 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 getting on the field, and uh, and I had help from John Cole and Chris Davis to uh, to get players, uh, and we we got as many players as we could for the broadcast. Turned out to be a really really good broadcast. It was a lot of fun to do it.
2: Auburn beat Oregon twenty-two to nineteen. The Tigers did it. They were national champions. Auburn's program would never be the same. This is remembering and telling the story of the 2010 Auburn Tigers, right here on Locked on Auburn.
8: Zach, we got to talk about our friends at Built Bar. This is the snack that is getting me through the back half of my work day. I mean, really since they've signed up with us. So so this whole month, it, it's been awesome. It, I feel like I'm eating a, a Mars candy bar and it's not... It's healthy. It gives me the energy to pump through the rest of my weekend. I don't have to feel guilty about it. And they're some of the most delicious bars I've ever had. I really like the mint brownie. Um, If you're a fan of minty flavored things, I highly recommend it. I'm
2: not going to lie. Mint is not my favorite, but my wife, Leah, she loves mint. So I I gave her the mint chocolate, and Mm. she loved it. So, yeah, if you are a mint fan, you'll love that. And I think they've got a few other mint flavors as well. You can check out BuiltBar.com. To see all of that, they do some really cool things on their social media pages as well. Uh, uh, you can check them out on Instagram at I'm Built and on Twitter bar underscore built but yeah head over to builtbar.com and take a look around you can also build your own box so if it's your first time ordering from them one you can use our promo code to get ten dollars off more on that in the moment but you can kind of get different flavors if you're all in on one you can get ten of that one you can do two five and five you can get ten different ones that's actually the one that i have because i just wanted to try all the different flavors and they've all been fantastic so far so i want to encourage you go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box. That's www.biltbar.com. We want to give a shout-out to our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Michael, we love everything that they have to offer. 10,000-square-foot liquor store, one of the largest in the state of Georgia, just 30 minutes away from
8: Auburn. Your one-stop shop, baby. Anything you need. Um, I know I'm, I'm a tobacco guy. Sure. Uh, I don't know if anyone else is also, but... You know, I can go there, I can get all the liquor, all the beer that I want, and uh, I can buy my dip in the same place. Yeah, and liquor,
2: beer, wine, tobacco, lottery tickets if you want. Yeah, and it's
8: that's what I was going to say. It's right across the border in Georgia. mm mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be honest, I don't pay close enough attention to uh, tobacco prices to really know the price difference between Alabama and Georgia.
2: It's pretty big. It's pretty big. It has a lot to do with taxes as far as tobacco and and liquor and and all of that. So located off of Exit 2 on I-85 in West Point, Georgia. Just follow the billboards. You can't miss it. Thank you so much to Frisky Whiskey for making Locked On Auburn possible. off room after the tigers became national champs after preaching family all season long it seems fitting this win changed the auburn program for forever
6: well i think it opened the door for gus malzahn one to come back and be the head coach i don't know if i don't know if gus malzahn gets a chance to be auburn's head coach if he isn't the offensive coordinator on that 2010 team it has it has allowed auburn to step into that picture with all the other teams in the Southeastern Conference that have won national championships. It allowed Auburn three years later or four years later to go back and, and have a chance at another championship when it lost to Florida State out of the Rose Bowl in, in that game. Um, and and you'll never be able to say that Auburn has not won another, has not won more than one national championship. And that was always, that was always the Well, yeah, they, they won it in 57. That team was on probation. That's a different era. Okay, fine. That's fine. This, Auburn was the number one team after that 2010 season. Uh, and and I can remember coming back to Auburn and then, I don't know how long it was after that, we had the celebration at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And just, there was 70-some thousand people at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And it was a cold Saturday. I recall, for that for that celebration. And just to be able to celebrate that team and celebrate that national championship, uh, I'll, I'll, regardless of what happens for the rest of my career, regardless if Auburn wins more of those national championships in, in whatever sport, I'll, I'll never forget what that season represented to the Auburn people.
10: I
5: believe it got the chip off of Auburn people's shoulder and gave us confidence that we can play with everybody out there, and ironically enough, three, four years later, three years later, we're right back at the national championship game, and so I believe it gave all people confidence that we've got, we've got all the facilities, we've got all the infrastructure, we've got all the support, we've got all we need here to be to be doing this more often than not, and and, and I believe that it was. Um, it was just a step forward for Auburn people to to maybe put the woe is me in the closet and lock the door and move forward with a more confident
7: hope in and, and what their and what their uh, capabilities are in the future. Yeah, I think what it did was um, it set the stage, you know, that you're, you're among those schools um, and that Auburn can win one. I think you have to put yourself in that position um, to show that, hey... We're capable of doing it. Um, and I thought just was important with 2013 to get back there a second time and to go, look, it wasn't just a one-year run. This team's capable of doing it. and We've seen Auburn be in position in 2000, you know, 2017. Auburn was in position to be in the playoff. If on Johnson doesn't get hurt against Alabama, um, Auburn is in the, the college football playoffs, in my opinion. There's no question about it. Um, so I think it, it kind of set the table for the expectations that set the table for the program that, man, this team can be right there among the elite in the
10: country and has a chance to compete for national championships. You know, resilient is the first word to come to mind. I think that's, you know, they, they were resilient in all those close games that we talked about. They were resilient in all of the outside scrutiny and the cloud and the, you know, what's real, what's not real, the Cam Newton saga. And they kept showing up, and they kept winning, and 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 they kept doing their job. And I think the resilient, the resiliency of that. And I think you know, not a lot of people give Gene Chiswick credit for that. I think Gene, you know, he was a he was the butt of a lot of jokes in 2012, and he was you know um, the first guy to ever get fired two years after winning the national championship. You know, three and nine, zero and eight in the SEC. You know, that's been well documented. But that year, he took a squad, and, and and that was the craziest thing you could ever imagine that they had to go through with a star player, probably the best single-season college football player to ever play, and and kept them together, kept them focused, and they won the national championship that year. And I don't think, you know, and, and performance reflects leadership, right? And so if, if the performance of the 2010 team is anybody's, responsibility is gene chizik and i think his resiliency and his resolve and and, and he set his jaw, and he and he was steadfast in what he believed in that team and and his confidence and that they didn't do anything wrong that they were going to come through this i think they fed off of that and i think so resiliency and i also think you know two words gene chizik is a reason a big reason um, when you look back at that team at least for me
2: This has been the sixth and final episode of our series. Remembering and telling the story of the 2010 Auburn Tigers. Thank you to IMG, ESPN, CBS Sports, Jason Caldwell, Mike Speditz, Andy Burcham, Jordan Long, Trevon Reed, and Ron Anders. And a special thank you to Michael Pappas for mixing this episode. This is the end of our series. Remembering and telling the story of the 2010 Auburn Tigers. Right here on Locked on Auburn.
1: A Prime members.